our service this morning, uh, now that we've uh, been here and been able to dedicate those beautiful children, I wanted to bring a word of encouragement this morning to everyone here today. And I've titled the message uh, called Revealed. And as I was praying and I said to the Lord, you know, uh, we've got friends and family and community here today. Uh, what would be a great word of encouragement? And I felt like the Lord said to bring a word around the importance of, of revelation. And uh, for myself personally, my life is where it is right now because uh, there was a certain turning point in my life where I was really lacking vision. I was really not really, wasn't clear at all who I was, what I was called to do. And I was very confused. And I found that my life was getting in a place of uh, a bit of a downward spiral. And so it was when I uh, called out to God and I said, you know, God, if you're real, I really need to know about it because I'm uh, kind of losing control here. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm starting to not really understand what, what I'm supposed to be doing and where I'm going. And in a miraculous two-week period, the Lord revealed himself to me. And what I mean by revealed himself to me is I'd heard about Jesus and I'd heard about uh, you know, Christianity. In fact, I never dreamed about becoming a Christian, ever. Uh, if you knew me before I became a Christian, uh, you would uh, kind of sit there and laugh with me about the idea of now standing here before you, uh, declaring Jesus as my, my God, as my Lord and Savior. would have been hilarious back then, to be honest. And so I never really fathomed the idea of becoming a Christian. It literally kind of was a place in my life where I was broken, and I really just called out to God, and I said, if you're real, I need to know about it. And within the two-week period, in answer to my prayer, God revealed himself to me, being true. I'd heard about the Bible before. I'd been to church mainly for weddings or funerals. Um, I'd kind of gone to a somewhat a Christian school. It wasn't what you call a school that was kind of really um, you know, having Christian services or anything, but we kind of believed in the ethos of Christianity. And so I kind of was around the idea of Christianity, but really never knew the reality of God or who Jesus was. And so I'm standing here before you today uh, with, I suppose, a witness to the fact that Jesus is not only uh, real, but he's alive today. Amen. And uh, he is a very true God. He's a very real God. And he's a very loving God. But the, the thing is, is that God is not uh, someone that will force himself upon you. God is actually a gentle God. He's a gentleman. And he will knock at the door of your heart at times, particularly when you find yourself crying out to him. He will knock. He will uh, try and get your attention. But it's whether we want to actually respond or not. And I find that that's a really key important thing to understand who God is. That God will not force himself upon you. Uh, he will not uh, make you do something. He is a gentleman. Uh, that's why he's a God of love. Uh, you can't be someone of love if you're forcing people to do something for you. It has to be by their free will. And so when we get that revelation of who God is, it starts to actually create an attractiveness within us to say, well, I want to know more about this God. If he really is a God of love, and if he really is a God of forgiveness, and if he really is a God of hope, and if he really did die for me, and he rose again on the third day, and he ascended into heaven, he's released his Holy Spirit to help us to walk out a life of grace and victory, then who is this God? And so I didn't know any of that, but I was in a very real place of brokenness and confusion, and I had lost all vision, and I've lost pretty much all hope. And so when I cried out and I said, God, if you're real, I need to know about it, there was a couple of situations where uh, God revealed himself to me. And I want to talk about the importance of revelation, getting and understanding that God does want to reveal himself to you, but he won't force himself upon you. And so revelation is powerful. And that's why in Proverbs, 
uh, chapter 29, verse 18, it says, where there is no revelation, and other interpretations says vision, because revelation or progressive revelation is very much linked to what we call vision. But where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Another interpretation says the people perish, meaning if we don't have a revelation of who we are, if we don't have a revelation of what we're called to do, if we don't have a revelation of our purpose, if we don't have a revelation of the plan of why we're destined to be on planet Earth, then we don't have a really good reason to say no to some of the stuff that can get us off track. Because there's no clear vision, there's no clear pathway, there's no clear reason why we should keep walking ahead like this. And so for me it was very true. I really didn't know who I was. I had a kind of an idea, but I was really leaning into things to try to give me identity, whether it was buying particular brands or hanging out with certain people or wearing certain clothes. I was looking for things, grabbing onto things to help me to get a sense of identity. I didn't know who I was. I didn't have any vision. I really lacked goals, but I was making critical mistakes in that I was taking uh, what we call uh, entertainment drugs. I was taking things like ecstasy. I was taking things like speed. And I was at university, and I was supposed to be studying uh, law at the time, and I was skipping all of the lectures, and I was skipping lots of things, and I was mucking around. And, but it wasn't just something that happened over one weekend. Literally, it was a period of 18 months where my life, bit by bit, bit by bit, bit by bit, started to decay and started to actually go backwards. And so I literally found my place, myself at this place where I couldn't start to turn things around, and that's when I cried out to God. And so it's important for us to understand what revelation is all about, because God wants to reveal himself to you, but not only does he want to reveal himself to you so that you get the revelation that Jesus actually is real, that he's not just a little religious icon in a nice, cute story that we teach in children's church, but he actually is real. He's alive. And when we actually get the revelation, not only does it bless us because on the inside it starts to change us, but then it actually starts to shape who we are as well and helps us to walk out a life that we're destined to walk out. And so for multiple reasons, understanding the power of revelation and what the Bible talks about revelation is really important to our lives and to our children's lives. And so when there is a revelation of what is up ahead, a reason of why we're living, a vision of what God has planned for this season, it empowers us to live committed lives. It empowers us to live a life that's more consistent. I was incredibly inconsistent. And uh, the Bible teaches when you're double-minded, it it doesn't really lead to too much. You can't really build your life when you're double-minded. It also leads, when you have vision, you're persistent. And when you get the power of God in your life, when Jesus reveals himself to you, you're able to tap into the same spirit, the Bible teaches, that rose Jesus from the dead. As in, you get an understanding that even though storms may come, winds may may blow, on the revelation of Jesus, you are undefeatable with him. That nothing can actually hold you back. And uh, it also, vision or getting revelation equips people to move forward uh, toward the realization of the greater things that God has for them. And so the power of revelation is unlocked when it is carried with faith, like an unborn baby, actually. You know, when you get a sense that something is about yourself or something that is coming up or something that's upon your life, 
something that you're called to do. It may not be physically uh, evident yet. You may not be able to see it yet. You haven't broken through in it. But when you claim it by faith and you get a revelation, it's like kind of you're expectant with something that's about to happen, but it hasn't actually been birthed yet. And so getting revelation by faith is really like uh, carrying an unborn baby. You know it's there, you know it's real, you know it's growing, and one day it's going to actually manifest. But I wanted to talk about a TV show a couple of years ago that I watched that really got me thinking about how important revelation is to your life and to my life. The TV show was uh, kind of quite different in its concept. It was a year show, and I think after a couple of seasons, it got cancelled. But the show was called Flash Forward. Did anyone watch that at all? Flash Forward. And the show Flash Forward was a story about the FBI investigating into an incident, get this, it was a bit of a sci-fi show, an incident where the entire human race blacks out for a few minutes, and then individuals during those few minutes that they black out, they see their future in six months' time from the present. It was called Flash Forward. And so this incident happens in the very first episode. The whole human race, the planet blacks out a couple minutes, and they all wake up with a sense of clearly what's going to happen in the next six months. And so it actually not only starts to rock the planet, but the FBI get involved in investigating, is it a UFO, what is it, what's happened, is it alien attack, is there some conspiracy here? And so it becomes an unraveling of trying to work out what actually happened. But what was interesting in the first couple of episodes when people were interviewed, these characters were interviewed about, so now that you know what's going to happen in six months' time, how has that affected you? How do you feel about that? One of the characters gave this response. They said this, first describing their flash-forward experience, the person or the character in the show with confidence said this, knowing that future, knowing that that's going to happen in the next six months, it has changed me already. Meaning, because I've just got a glimpse of what's going to happen, because I've just got a revelation of what's going to happen in the next six months, even though it hasn't happened yet, by knowing it, by seeing it, by sensing it, by getting a taste of it in my dream, it has already changed me. And do you know what I love about that example is that that, for you and I, not from a TV show, is the reality of how much God wants to release revelation into your life because it is designed to change you change you in a good way, change you and to help you and to guide you, but also to actually get your mind to align to your heart and the truth of actually who you are and what you're called to do. Um, part of the reasons why people sometimes get stuck in a rut in life, I think one of the main reasons is because they're dealing with two main enemies in life, and that's confusion, and the other one is disappointment. And I believe that God is in the business of wanting to really cut disappointment and cut confusion off people's lives because they tend to go around and around and around and then they lose hope and they lose a sense of direction. The Bible actually teaches that deferred hope, if you keep hoping and then keep hoping but you keep getting disappointed and you're going around and around and around the rut of life and nothing seems to be breaking through, the Bible teaches that deferred hope in fact makes the heart grow sick. And if God really loves us, he doesn't want to be someone, he doesn't want to be, see someone uh, kind of having constant deferred hope. So he wants to release revelation. 
Today, you know, I feel like I'm not just speaking to people here who actually have already a revelation of Jesus. I feel that maybe there are some people here today and you may have lost the revelation of Jesus. Meaning you're a Christian, but your Christianity or your revelation of God is a little bit dead on the inside. It's a bit flat. It's like the batteries are flat and you haven't found a way to recharge it. Or maybe you're here today and you've never really, maybe you've heard of Jesus, you've heard of the church, you've heard of Christianity, but you've never really had an encounter or a real uh, understanding of exactly how does Jesus do this thing called coming into your life, speaking to you. I mean, let me put it this way. There are some people out there who've seen me and heard me and seen me be a business speaker and do different things that I do in the marketplace, and then they find out that I'm a Christian, and they think, oh my goodness, you're a Christian. Wow. And then you get talking to them, and a lot of them have this concept, well, isn't Christianity for people who are a bit, you know, dumb, but they, they lead their lives by blind faith? And when you sit down and you talk to people and you say, no, I've actually had a real encounter with Jesus. I invited him into my life in a really broken season. And he actually revealed himself to me. He spoke to me. When I read the word, it became alive. I sensed his presence. And the truth of who Christ was, the fact that he laid his life down so that I could be set free, not because of performance, not by trying to tick all the boxes, but simply by accepting him. When I accepted Christ into my heart, literally something like shackles of an atmosphere of disappointment and confusion started to literally get ripped off my life and I started to feel the love and the life of God into my soul. Can I tell you, it was a very real experience and I've never looked back since. And when I look in people's eyes and I share that story with them, something on the inside of them goes, oh, right, wow. And so when we look at this story of flash forward, revelation, getting revelation into our life is important. Knowing that God is real. I want to challenge some people here today. If you don't know who Jesus is or if you never accepted Jesus into your life, have you actually ever said this? God, if you're real, I want you to introduce yourself to me. Actually invite God to introduce himself to me some way, somehow. If that prayer is real, if it's real because you want to know who God is, can I challenge you today that God will introduce himself to you some way. But he's a gentleman. He won't force himself upon you. And sometimes it takes a, a time or a season in our life where we get so broken, where the conveniences of the Western world no longer fulfill our needs, and we know that we need something supernatural outside of our own humanity. Can I hear an amen? amen. Now, what's interesting about baby dedications versus water baptisms, today we have baby, baby dedications, and that's why the parents bring the baby the baby isn't yet able in its maturity because their mind is still developing. They're able, babies are actually able to encounter the presence of God. And uh, there's actually been a study of seeing babies and um, their brain activity uh, accelerating when they're during worship. Amazing studies. In fact, did you know we just read an article recently? It's been proven based on research that people who attend church regularly, as in people who get into the presence of God on a regular basis, actually live longer. And so babies can encounter the presence of God, but baby dedications are more about the parents who, um, who bring the child before the Lord because it's more the parents' conviction. It's the parents' revelation. They know Jesus. The baby doesn't yet know. But when someone actually chooses to become water baptized, it's when they're in their teenage years or maybe in their early um, child years and they're, they're fully mature enough or they're in their adult years, any season, where they've come to a realization themselves. They've had a revelation. 
that Jesus Christ for them is God, is their Savior, and so they've accepted Jesus Christ into their life, and then they make a declaration before people, and the Bible actually teaches if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, one of the key steps to actually declare that before a community is to get water baptized. And so it's a little bit different. Rather than sprinkling on a baby's head, the water baptism is actually where the, the person has a full immersion, actually goes completely under the water, uh, and that actually represents breaking off the past, breaking off the old life, and coming into the new life with Christ. And it's a powerful time, and that's happening next Sunday. But what's interesting is, is there's, there's two, if we look at today, a baby doesn't have its own revelation of Jesus yet. That's why we're the parents... Uh, raise the baby and the things of God until the child can make that decision. But my going back to the message is that it's important. I really believe today that the Holy Spirit here, the presence of God here, partnering with the Word of God is actually sending out just a message today to actually say to people, hey, it's your responsibility to want or to find or to ask for God to reveal himself to you. He won't force himself on you. Some people will never choose to, to say, hey, God, if you will, let me know, for whatever reason. And that's their decision. That's called free will. That's called the love of God responding that way. But can I tell you that when people do cry out, then God will respond because of the importance of revelation. Let's go into what the scripture says about revelation. And there's a great time in the Bible. It's actually the book of Matthew, where Jesus himself is teaching the disciples. It's actually one of the last lessons before he goes to the cross. And it's actually one of the final tests that he puts out to the disciples. Because he really wants to make sure, are they in position after he uh, goes to the cross for them to actually teach other people about who Jesus really is. And so he's testing, did they get the revelation? Have they gotten revelation yet of actually who Jesus is? Not that he's just a nice prophet or he's a nice guy who sings nice songs by a campfire or anything like that. All right, that he just loves people, but he in fact is God. And so in uh, the book of Matthew, it talks about Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 20. And I'm going to read this out. Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 20. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist and others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you? Who do you? Who do you say that I am? And then he went quiet. And right there in that moment, he was looking for, are the disciples able to receive revelation yet? From heaven, as in, are they able to get it on the inside? Are they able to hear? Are they be open, not just to judge something by kind of what other people think or other people say or the little popular articles on Facebook about who Jesus is, but are they able to get that revelation of who Jesus is? Are they wanting to know? Have they asked the question? Have they pondered? Have they thought? And so then they respond. Now, interestingly, Peter was assigned by the disciples to be the spokesperson. So generally, in this instance, when Peter spoke, Peter, his name was Simon, became Peter. He spoke, but he actually spoke for the group. And this was his response. Simon, Peter answered, you are the Christ, which means the Messiah, also means the anointed one, the son of the living God. And he said it with a knowing a sensing, with a confidence, 
with a conviction. He said it from a place of revelation. Something had been revealed to him. It was a truth that had pierced his heart that he couldn't shake. You know, in Taylor Swift, there you go, Sheree. I think I promised someone in young adults I'd make a random reference to Taylor Swift one day just for you. Those of you who know Sheree, who's a member of the adults team, is a big fan of Taylor Swift. Sorry, I didn't mean to embarrass you. You know that whole song where Taylor Swift, shake it off, shake it off? When you get a revelation, you can't shake it. It changes you. It's a piercing truth that changes your heart. It changes your mind. It changes your identity. It changes your life. It changes your future. You can't shake it. It's not a nice idea. It's not a, a, some random new information that we receive. It's a revelation that comes to us that you cannot shake. And it's a supernatural thing. And so this is what Jesus is looking for. It's a test. He's wanting to see, are they in position to now go forth and to do? Because really, we're going to look at how important revelation is in a minute. But the response, yes, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus responds back and says to Peter, or Simon at the time, blessed are you. So the first thing that Jesus says is because you've got revelation, you're blessed. Can I tell you that blessing comes when you get a revelation? I mean, first of all, when you get a revelation that Jesus actually is real, and you invite him into your life, right there, that is a perfect definition of being blessed. Because Jesus literally is the catalyst in this whole planet, world, whatever you want to call it, that actually is the key to cutting off curses and enabling people to walk in the blessing. My life before Christ was cursed. There I said it. It was cursed. I had lots of evidence in my life about things being cursed. Family relationships, a lack of vision, uh, even other relationships, my past, things that have gone on generationally. And inviting Christ into my life because I got a revelation was the first start to changing my life around from cursing to blessing. And so he responds, he said, Blessed are you, Simon by Jonah, because flesh and blood... Not humans, not ideas, not concepts, not a nice program, not a nice motivational speech. Because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven has revealed this to you. And I also say to you that you are Peter. So right there, not only does he say you are blessed, not because you've received this information from another human being, but you've actually been received revelation from heaven, he says, you're blessed, but then he says, and he actually blesses his identity and changes his identity. He says, and goes on and says this, Someone by Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven, I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. And so Matthew 16 is his final test. And so Jesus says, not only are you blessed, but also I'm going to change your name. Now let's have a look at these two words, Peter. There's actually the two words, Peter, but there were different types of words. 
Because sometimes people are saying, okay, so when he's saying that he's blessed, and that he's saying that, okay, this is your name, Simon, but now you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Let's take that particular part of the scripture. Because when I look at the, the power of, of revelation here, you are Peter, now your name is Peter, I've changed your identity, you're now going to be transformed into something or someone else with a new plan, a new purpose, a new destiny. But on that rock of revelation, I will build my church. And so let's understand this. It's actually by revelation through the Holy Spirit that we come to know Christ, but also it's actually on the revelation that Jesus builds the church. And so why am I talking about this today? Because not only is, his, is Simon's identity changed, but the rock of revelation, meaning that when people actually get a revelation of who Christ is, and then they actually tell someone else, and they also get a revelation of who Christ is, that that's how the church will actually be built. And that the gate of Hades, meaning that hell, any dark force on planet Earth, cannot actually come against the church. Now watch this. In the Greek, so in the actual um, interpretation of the New Testament, the original, the first time he says, and you are Peter, it actually comes from the word Petra, which means small rock or small pebble. And so he basically says, now you are a rock, you're a piece of the bigger rock. In the Bible, in other translations, other parts of the Bible, it talks about that uh, we are actually building uh, the church from rock to rock to rock, or there's all these different stones. In fact, it says that the church is built on the cornerstone of the apostles and the prophets, and Jesus Christ is the head stone, or he's the head. And so there's all these uh, analogies around rocks or pebbles and things like that, but he's saying to Peter, you are Peter, and the word is Petra, which means small rock, and on this rock, but the other word rock is a different Greek word, which actually means huge rock. And so in that one moment, he's saying, you're blessed, and you are now Peter. You're a small rock, which is a big part of your identity, because you now know me. You've been blessed. You've received the revelation of who I am. You are now, your life has changed, and now his life has been transformed. And on this rock, as in the overall rock, I will be my church. The overall rock is the power of revelation, literally the spirit of revelation. The fact that you can actually hear from heaven and know who I am, and now I can come into your life because I'm a gentleman, I won't force myself upon you, but the reality of heaven, the reality of why the earth is, the reality of sin and death, and all of that story of Adam and Eve, and why life is sometimes broken and hard, cursing versus blessing, all of that I can come in and now to shift, turn uh, the position of your life called a cruise ship from where it's going off track to go I can come in here, I can change your life, I can change your name, I can change your identity, all because of power of revelation. And on the power of revelation, on this big rock called revelation, I'm going to build my church. Now, I know there are some people in the room here who may not be Christian, and that's okay. I know there are some people in the room here today, and maybe you are Christian, but maybe there's been a long period of time before you've recently spoken to God, and that's okay. And I know there are some people in the room here who, you know, you spoke to God yesterday. And that's okay. Today's message isn't necessarily about who you are or where you're at, what season you're in. It's just really I want, I feel that God wants to, just to say, hey, this. He's a gentleman and he's not in the business of forcing himself upon you. But I feel like he wants to encourage you to actually in a fresh way today, if maybe you need to, 
to actually reach out to him and say, well, God, if you are real, please reveal yourself to me. Because maybe, just maybe, you're in a season where you do need God. Or maybe, just maybe, you've got a situation going on where you need something bigger and more powerful than yourself to turn it around. And so I believe that God is wanting to encourage people here today to even just in a fresh way ask the question. Forget about political correctness. Forget about what your best friend thinks. I'm talking about you and your life. In a fresh way, be open today and say, hey God, if you're real, please reveal yourself to me. He may reveal himself to you in a couple of minutes, in your heart. Maybe even today the word that I'm bringing forth about Scripture is talking to you. Maybe it might be later this week or the beginning of next week. As you reach out to God, He may reveal Himself to you. But all I know is this, is that God is very real and He loves people and He wants to reveal Himself to you, but He will not force Himself upon you. You have to invite Him in. Amen. Amen. 